everyone. Welcome to this awesome episode of Vetfolio Voice, where I get the exciting opportunity to introduce one of the newest members of our team, and that is certified veterinary technician, Samantha Sacasa. You may not know it, but Sam is working away behind the scenes, reviewing content, as well as helping develop new content to make sure that we continue to bring you accurate, relevant, and up-to-date information. Her experience and expertise are an important and welcome addition to the team. We're just so happy to have her. Samantha Sacasa earned her bachelor's degree in education from the University of South Florida in 2008 and her associate's degree in veterinary technology from Hillsborough Community College in 2013. Since becoming a certified veterinary technician, Sam has gained experience in emergency medicine, general practice, shelter medicine, and her personal favorite, wildlife conservation. She also taught as an adjunct instructor at her alma mater, Hillsborough Community College. Sam's professional interests include continuing education for veterinary professionals, she has quite a passion for education, and we'll learn more about this in our talk, fostering the human-animal bond, improving workplace wellness, and the Fear-Free Initiative. In general, she's passionate about improving the lives of animals and elevating veterinary medicine through education. I just think that is so well said. Those are her words, and you can just hear her passion for all of that come through in our, in our discussion. Sam is honored to be a part of the Vetfolio team where she hopes her knowledge in veterinary medicine and her experience in education will aid her in impacting the profession in positive ways. In her spare time, Sam loves traveling and enjoying the outdoors with her husband and two kids. She has two dogs, a cat and four fish, all of whom bring her tremendous joy. And she is such a joyful person and I feel all of this will come through in our talk. Although, a slight note, we did record this after a long day of learning at Institute, so we were both feeling very smart, but a tad bit on the tired side, so I think we get a little goofy at a couple of points. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Let's get into our talk. All right, I am here with the one and only Sam Sacasa, who is kind of my counterpart at Vetfolio in CVT form. Is that right, Sam? Is it CVT? Are you CVT, RVT? What I'm a CVT. Are, CVT. Yeah, credentialed here in Florida. Yes. Yeah, so um, somebody who's going through all the content on Vetfolio and reviewing it to make sure that it's accurate and valuable for everybody. Um, that is this lady right here. So Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me, Cassie. So tell us a little bit about your background in vet med. So I graduated from an AVMA accredited program in 2013. And then I worked at a general practice for a little while that I had done client care with while I was in school. And I felt like it wasn't really the right fit. So I ended up working for my county shelter and I stayed there for six years. During that time, I did relief work and emergency medicine. I was an adjunct instructor at the college that I graduated from. And then I took some time off after my son was born, and I did go back to a general practice, but now I work full-time here at Vetfolio. Well, we're so glad that you do. I will tell you guys, I've gone through some of the notes that Sam has made on different courses, and you want to talk about somebody who is detail-oriented and has a great background of knowledge in the field, that's Sam here. So she's got all of our backs. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love what I do. Good, good. So let's talk a little bit more about what you do. Obviously, having your credentials has, through different pathways, led you to where you are now. What made you first decide to become credentialed, to become certified? You know, it's funny because I don't really feel like it was 
ever decision that I made, when I decided that I wanted to become a vet tech, I just Googled veterinary technician programs because to me, I was like, okay, I have this new direction I want to go to go into in my life. What's next? And to me, what was next was just getting the appropriate education. Education was really valued in my home. My parents didn't go to college and it was really important to them that I did. So I grew up with that mentality, like whatever you do, you have to have a formal education to learn how to do it. So along those lines, two questions. One, I think you have more degrees than your CVT. You have your CVT, but you have another degree as well, right? Yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in English education, actually. <laughs> lots of lots of higher education. And then you said when you decided to become a veterinary technician that you Googled it and found out the appropriate education. What made you decide to become a veterinary technician? I just always loved animals. And one day I took my dog to the vet and I was like, oh my gosh, I can totally see myself doing that. I ended up Googling it. This was a little while after I stopped teaching and I was kind of just like working at a restaurant and not really sure what I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I I think I would love that. And I got so excited about the idea. I think I was registered for prerequisite courses like two days later. Oh, wow. Like I just like took it and I ran with it. That's amazing. And I'm so glad I did. And here you you are. And you're still in the field. And you're working for Vetfolio. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. So you talked about you were working at a restaurant. You weren't quite sure where you were going to go next. You kind of slipped in there that you were a teacher for a little while. It was, yeah. A couple of different careers. Now that you're in veterinary medicine and, you know, you've kind of found your place, what is it within the field that makes you feel the most empowered? So I actually really love nursing care. Like I love those moments after, you know, we're done with an exam. I helped that veterinarian with an exam and they write me the list, you know, the list of like. Oh, I know the list. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I just love that. And then I can get to work, you know, doing whatever it is, bandaging, you know, starting treatments. And that's kind of when I feel like my, my job begins. And it's just really fun and exciting for me to kind of be able to work independently those tasks because I really enjoy all of it. So I have to know, because this is something I struggle with as the veterinarian who writes the list. Um, You know, I, I, of course, do write the list. I know the exact list that you're talking about. One thing I do struggle with sometimes is handing that list over and not feeling like I'm putting too much on that person's plate. I guess that's always one of the biggest things I want to know from veterinary technicians and nurses is that okay for me to just hand you the list and let you run with it? Or how do I know when there's too much on your plate? Will you tell me? And what do we do as veterinarians to to let you thrive in your job and let you do the things that you were trained to do that you're good at without you feeling like we're just throwing tasks at you left and right and now you have too much to do? I think that's a really good question. I also just really appreciate that you would ask that question, (laughs) right? Because it's like, yeah, absolutely. The the workflow and all the team members being happy is important. I don't think it's so much about how you ask. I think that if you're building that rapport with your technicians where the environment is respectful, team oriented, you know, we all have the same common goal, they will know that you have their best interest in mind and that they will be able to be honest with you. And I have no doubt that your technicians feel that way because you're such a nice person, Cassie. Oh, Sam, that's so nice of you to say. That actually, I I really like that answer. I really appreciate you telling me that because I can think of different incidences where 
you know, I've asked somebody to do something and they've come back to me and said, I've got this, 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 and this to do. So I'll do it, but it's going to be a while. Like, what do you want me to prioritize first? So hopefully that's exactly what you're describing. Yeah, I think that's a really good side. with me, good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Aw, well, my day just got better. <laughs> Tell me about one of your favorite leaders in practice. So somebody that I've really started to look up to is Rebecca Rose. I love that she advocates for better working conditions. I love that she advocates for technicians having more opportunities. I actually got to meet her a while back, and that was one of the things that her and I talked about. She was like, you know, after a while, this job is really taxing on your body, so it's nice when technicians can transition into jobs that aren't so taxing. And I was like, yes, that totally makes sense. I mean, I know after, I mean, I'm only in my 30s, but I know after having like my second kid, I definitely felt that way where I was like, oh, this this isn't as easy as it used to be. So I love that she advocates for those sort of things. And she's such a nice person. I also think that in general, I'm really drawn to very compassionate people in our field because that's something that I've always really tried to access within myself and my own career, which I think has a lot to do with why I was drawn to shelter medicine. But people that work in hospice care, I definitely find myself looking up to because that was something I always thought I would be happy doing and that I hope I get the opportunity to do one day. Absolutely. I mean, compassion is a huge part of just being in this field in general. Absolutely. I do think you have to have an extra layer of compassion, though, for, you know, shelter med for sure and hospice care and and things like that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's one of the reasons why just hearing her talk has resonated so much with me. So one of the things that you said is that she advocates for better working conditions. What does that look like for you? You know, just things I think like making sure that veterinary technicians get the appropriate amount of time off, like that we do get a lunch break, that we're not understaffed. I know that it's challenging right now because the field in general is having staffing issues, but technicians have had to sort of put up with that for a long time in a lot of different places. And so... I think that we just need to advocate for making sure that our time is respected and that our work-life balance is respected. Absolutely. I mean, it, it goes across the whole field, but you're absolutely right. Everybody should be able to, you know, take a few minutes and sit down and eat your lunch and be able to, to you know, just take a break throughout their day. I think that's a totally reasonable thing to request and, and yeah, expect. for sure. Okay, so another technician question. Okay. I'm kind of putting like the weight of the world on your shoulders here or the weight of the industry on your shoulders here. Oh, no. Nurse or technician, do you have an opinion and why? Okay, so I've gotten in the habit of introducing myself as a veterinary nurse. Um, I do think it describes what I do a little bit better for people, you know, for lay people. And I also maybe I think it commands more respect. So I think I do have a slight preference, but I don't think that it matters so much as long as technicians are being fully utilized and able to demonstrate all of the knowledge that we have to owners. So when I'm in a room and I'm teaching an owner how to take care of their dog that just had orthopedic surgery or teaching them how to give sub-Q fluids to a cat, I'm hoping that they can see how qualified I am and be confident in the care that I'm giving. And at that point, I don't really think it matters. That's a really good answer. Sam, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, and I I appreciate you giving that answer because there are different opinions throughout the field, and so I think that's just a really balanced way to look at it, and, you know, ultimately, whatever happens as far as technician, nurse, because I know there's arguments on both sides, I'm going to usually walk in and say, what do you want me to call you? What makes you happy? And yeah, I want to advocate for what you want, essentially. 
Yeah. And I think for now that that's the perfect way to handle it. Just ask whoever you're working with what they prefer and and eventually it'll get sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. It'll go one way or the other. Although I, you know, it is astounding the number of tasks and responsibilities and things that you guys are able to carry out as technicians, nurses, you know, when we talk about the general public and things like that, I, I think, you know, it doesn't always come out that drawing blood and doing bandages and running labs and reading cytologies and doing all of the different things that you do. And, and then you mentioned like educating owners, giving fluids, you know, all these different things. So just a really impressive job in general. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's funny. When I first told my mom I was going to go to school to be a veterinary technician, she was like, why are you doing that? She didn't love the idea. But now that I've been in the field for so long, she thinks that what I do is phenomenal and she's super impressed by it. Oh, that's so good. And that's a good example of like public education right there. When she learned what the job was, she said, wow, this is really, really an impressive thing. Yeah. How do you feel like becoming credentialed has impacted your career? I definitely feel like I've had more opportunities because of it. Like I wouldn't have been able to be an adjunct instructor without that credentialing. And that was a really rewarding experience for me. I loved it. Um, I think it also helped with me getting my job here at Vetfolio, which I love and I'm so happy to do. I do think it awards me some more credibility. And I also just think that it's helped me with my confidence. Like I've, I felt like I can go for really cool jobs over the years because I have that credentialing. Like I've kind of felt like the world's my oyster. That's awesome. And certainly, you know, we were talking about client education, public education and stuff. I know I work with someone who's an RVT and that is one thing that she'll talk to clients about in an exam room of they'll say something to her about, well, you know, the doctor needs to, et cetera, et cetera. And I know part of her explanation when she says, no, I've been to school to do this and, you know, I'm credentialed to do this. I've had extensive training. It really does make a difference in that exam room of owner perception and, you know, all of a sudden gives her that credibility that you're talking about. I love that. I think that's a great idea. I'm going to put the weight of the industry back on your shoulders again. (laughs) So... You're talking about it gives you more credibility, more opportunities. The world's your oyster. How does credentialing affect the technician nurse industry as a whole? I know there's debate on should everybody be required to be credentialed? What are your feelings on all of that? So I do think that veterinary technicians should be credentialed. I think it would lead to higher compensation. I think it would lead to our roles being more clearly defined which would lead to higher utilization. But I also adamantly feel like people that have already been working as vet techs for years, some of the most talented veterinary technicians I know are people that are not credentialed, that there should be a way for them to have that title without having to go to school for three years. So it's a little complicated, but I I do think there needs to be a grandfathered way to go ahead and get those people their title. Sure, sure. And then probably at that point, and and I don't want to put words in your mouth, I'm thinking still a role for veterinary assistants, but that would just differ from the role of veterinary technicians and nurses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, veterinary assistants, I think, can also be a vital part of the support staff. All right, Sam, I'm going to want a detailed bulleted list of what the responsibilities of each job would be. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I really do appreciate your opinions on all of this because they're important. We want to hear about, you know, there's so much change going on in the industry right now that we want to hear from everybody. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit more. You talked about utilization 
and technicians and nurses being utilized and how being involved helps both the nurse and the veterinarian to thrive. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Sure. I think that ultimately veterinary technicians, if they're fully utilized, will have higher job satisfaction, of course. I think that veterinarians will be less stressed out. And I think that businesses will be more profitable. I really think that part of that utilization would be, of course, employers investing in their employees in terms of continuing education. And that it's just like such a superior business model to have veterinary technicians be fully utilized. From your mouth to God's ears. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And a lot of practices are already doing that. So I just hope that everybody one day realizes that it's such a great business model to have your technicians utilized. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about consults and stuff like this. And I think I've talked about this before that when I can go to somebody and say, hey, you know, this cat is diabetic. Here's the plan. I need you to go and talk to the pet owner about X, Y, and Z. Can you show them how to give the insulin can, and, and all this? And they can do a consult like that or, like you mentioned, sub-Q fluids and, and things. And I can just trust somebody to say, hey, I can, I can put together the plan. Can you go do the education and, the, and the, the technical part of this, the giving the sub-Q fluids, the giving the insulin, whatever it may be, uh-huh. um, changing a bandage? Then it's a huge relief off of my shoulders and it frees me up to go do the next thing, to go call that client back, to go do, you know, all the things that are on my plate throughout the day. And so, like you said, I think just a great business model, very profitable and and everybody wins in that regard. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the technician appointment. Well, good. I'm glad you are because those I are am. always the ones that I stress about where I'm like, are you sure you don't mind? Can you no, do it? Like, we do don't mind. Me in there? <laughs> I think most of us, if not all of us, love it. Okay. Well, anybody out there, if you ever work with me, you just might, I might need a little reassurance to be like, <laughs> no, I can do it. It's fine. No. Um, well, Sam, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for letting me let you answer or, or force you to answer for the whole industry. Um, but I think you have some really great thoughts. It seems like you you care so much about your career and you've thought a lot about all the different aspects. So I just really appreciate you coming on and giving us your background and your insights. Thank you so much, Cassie. I appreciate that. I had a great time. All right, now you guys know a little bit more about the team who's working to bring you excellent continuing education content. Thank you, Sam, for joining me, even after a long day of learning at Institute and sharing your story and your passion for veterinary education. For more episodes like this, click on the Education tab on the Vetfolio website. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this episode, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.